Hi guys, and a huge welcome to the Dedicate Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Ivey, and I'm super pumped about this episode. Our first ever male on our podcast. Today I'm chatting to former radio host legend, Dom Harvey. Dom was an award-winning and top New Zealand breakfast show host on The Edge for 20 years with his former wife, JJ, but has now taken some time out to get to know himself outside of radio. He's recently launched an awesome podcast that I love called Runners Only. He interviews inspiring guests who happen to also run about their lives and journeys. Definitely go and check it out if you haven't already. Today, Dom, as always, is an absolute legend and shares with us all about his life, including his failed IVF journey, his running training, career highlights, life regrets, and more. You're going to love this one. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good, and you? Good, you got the technology sorted? Dunno, dunno, have I? <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Can't see you yet. Uh, I, can, I can see why you want to do it in person. It's just a bit hard where I live. Yeah, no, that's all good. That's all good. Um, um, it? Okay, it's weird. I can see like you're upside down. <laughs> why, why am I upside down? <laughs> would I be upside down? <laughs> this, this will be quite fun. Oh, honestly, I hate technology. Oh. Eh? I'm just, I'm honestly, just terrible. And technology think... knows people that hate it because it like plays yeah. up, especially for them. Like I've never seen this before. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Um, I'm absolutely loving yours. Oh no, th- thank you very much for the invite. Eh? I really appreciate it. I've, um, I'm, I'm feeling new to the um, podcast game, so I've got a lot to learn, but I'm loving it so far. It's really cool. Yeah, I know. But when you say that, like, so I'm a fitness trainer who's trying my hand at podcasts to um, offer more things to my community, um, learn and grow myself. Um, So to me, you're an absolute expert. And so when you say that, I'm like, ah. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, you're doing doing big things. You're you're hustling hard. I see you you got your app. You got some merch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's good fun. Yeah. Um, but we're here to talk about you. Okay. Oh, we're going. <laughs> we're on. <laughs> it's always on. You know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's one of your mottos. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one thing, your Jeremy Wells podcast, so good. And Mitch James, my absolute favorite ones. And I know it's a bit of a theme. Oh, was, really? Was, why? Um, why did you like those um, in particular? I don't know. I think it's. Um, I was I was going to say you almost should be called weed only. I think it's just the um, <laughs> the just total honesty, like completely sharing everything. You know, even those you know stuff about um, Jeremy was talking about high school and getting in trouble and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, it's long ago in the past, but it's just I don't know, just learning so much about those people on a personal level. Um, that's not just your mental health stuff it's your I don't know day to day I don't know what it is did you what did you like about those ones I've, I've um what I found like I suppose not just those guys in particular but I think most people that I've um spoken to so far and and bear in mind I've only been like doing it since the start of the year yeah um most people have been like have been like really 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 honest and I don't, I don't know I, I don't I don't know like how much of that um obviously there's a numerous factors that come into it obviously um I must be asking some of the right questions mm. but also they need to be prepared to 
you know, drop their guard, I guess, and be vulnerable mm. and be open yeah. about it. Um, yeah, that's why we're, I know it's hard for you being in, in Twizel, um, but <laughs> You like the face-to-face, face, yeah. I'm an Auckland, so, yeah, I feel like with face-to-face, face, you can definitely get a better read on someone and get more out of them. And Yeah, um, and I quite like yeah. my Zooms when people are up the right way. That really helps. That really helps <laughs> me too. <laughs> so much easier. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. For those of you listening to this as audio only, um, I get my Zoom going. So at, at the moment, I'm um, I'm upside down. So if we go on some serious, so serious conversation, it's going to be very hard for you not to laugh. Or, yeah, and I'm we sorry and we will that. be. It's, honestly, it's yeah. no drama. But um, I find the same with my guests as well. Um, they just completely open up, and we were talking about it yesterday. It's almost like such an amazing thing podcast because it gives people an opportunity to really tell their stories and it can be actually quite therapeutic for them so some people that haven't actually shared their whole story have the opportunity to actually I, know, I never really thought of thought of it that way um but you're being from a, a radio background I think you're probably on something there it's like giving giving people the chance to like breathe and the space to actually tell their story where yeah and other and other platforms and other sectors of the media they may have not necessarily had that opportunity before. Mm, and it's so yeah, short that's, that's all other thing you know newspaper articles radio it's all so short whereas podcasts you sit down you have a proper conversation they can just yeah really go deep into what's been happening yeah, there's there's something really special about the um the long form conversation. I eh? like um yeah, I've been a fan of podcasts for years and listened to them on my long runs and stuff like that. And so to be part of that community now, it's really cool. Yeah, it is cool. And um for the record, I absolutely love your theme song. Oh, thanks, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, you'll be familiar with um with the app Fiverr, right? I've heard of it. Have I haven't used it though. But yeah. yeah, that's one where you get someone in Thailand or something to mock yeah, you up. Thailand something. or the states or. Yeah. anywhere in the world like if you want yeah. yeah whatever you want made like a website or an app or whatever they made it so yeah Amazing. some kid in america made my jingle for like 50 or 60 bucks so I'm good is only Don't <laughs> yeah, yeah let's get it started <laughs> it's so good i can't believe you've had hate on it so oh, not much but i mean whatever, whatever you do you, you'll be well aware of this as soon as yeah. um, as soon as you put yourself out there yeah. good or bad you're going to get some hate aren't you? you are and i've always had the theory that if you get hate, it shows that you're being seen by enough people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're never gonna get you're never gonna get hated from someone that's doing doing Good more things. than you or doing yeah. better than you. It's always someone that's I think I think a lot of hate comes from um this is probably a cop out answer, but a lot of hate does come from a place of envy. It is and self-hatred, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so on our podcast, we sort of delve into, yeah, challenges that people have had. I'm really passionate about the fact that we grow through hard times. Actually, first of all, I need to tell you, our, you're our first ever male to be on our, on our podcast. This is episode 29. And you're really? First... What an honor. But I, I need to tell you, I'm, I'm, I, I skew, I'm, I'm, I'm very feminine skewed. I, um, I, <laughs> I, feel like I, I feel like I should have been born as a woman in a lot of ways. <laughs> explain that that's interesting okay well there's there's just lots of um yeah lots of female things that i i just love like um i I don't know like if i'm away for a a wedding weekend and the guys are going out on a fishing trip and then paintballing and the girls are going and having a hot stone massage yeah i get terrible fomo i'd much rather be with the girls (laughs) at the day spa love it so (laughs) you know how you go to a party and at the start before everyone's got quite a few drinks in them it's like the women are on one side and the men are on one side 
do you find yourself loitering halfway between working out which way to go or are you you're I know. Well, or I'll be, I'll be over with the lads like standing around pretending I know what's happening in super rugby <laughs> then my ears will then my ears will prick up when the girls will be talking about I don't know, like the Johnny Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, and I'll be like, "Oh, I want to be in that conversation." <laughs> and has it always been like that? Kind of has. I think grow, growing up, um, growing up, I went to an all boys school in Palmerston North, and Palmerston North's like a big stock car town. Like everyone goes to the stock cars on a Saturday night. Yeah. I had very little interest in that, but I I faked it for as long as what I could just to try and fit in. And yeah. then it gets to the point where it's like, oh, I'm not even going to try and fit in anymore. I, <laughs> I just want to be authentic. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if um, that's been part of your success is because you're male, you can relate to males and because you've got this other side, you know, you can relate to a wide audience. Yeah, potentially, potentially. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think back to like early in my radio career and your bosses sort of tell you, they tell you to try and be relatable saying and they don't really explain what they mean and mm. I think they're like oh you know everyone's into the all black stuff the all blacks are playing you pretend you're interested in the all blacks <laughs> yeah. and then um as I got older I thought everyone's so unique so I think the best thing you can do is just be be your authentic self as much yeah. as possible yeah and because people I, see I, through the bullshit don't they I think so yeah I think so. Even if it, even if you have like a good bullshit mask on, eventually people see through it. Mm. And um, the other thing is, how does that, you know, if you're bullshitting or, you know, living a non-authentic life, then it becomes to impact on your own life and your own mental health and, you know, your values aren't aligning. It's eventually going <laughs> to yeah, You can, you can lose work. sight of who you actually are as a person. Yeah, yeah. Um, so something I'd love to delve into a bit more. Now I've listened to your podcast with Between Two Beers. So oh, good. Yes, yep. I was almost like, do I want to listen to it? Because then I've heard the stuff, you know, but then I was like, no, actually ours will be slightly different. So um, I know it's a really hard topic, um, but I'm hoping that you'll be happy to share just in, in detail a bit more about your IVF journey. I think it's something that our listeners will be keen to hear more about. Yeah. Oh no. I'm. I'm. Yeah. More than happy. Happy to talk about it. Um, but yeah, I realise with the between two beers guys, it's like um, I think um, because I've, I've spent my whole entire adult life like working in um, working in radio and in particular top forty radio. And when you're working in top forty radio, you're always focusing on now or what's next. Like there's yeah. never never any looking back or reflection. And sorry, what does top forty mean? Top like top forty songs like um. Oh, I see. Yeah the, yeah, the format top forty radio. It's only all ever about, the top forty radio. Only ever the top forty songs are played. Pr- pretty, pretty much. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit more than that. But the yeah. format's known as top forty or okay. CHR, which stands for contemporary hit radio. I see what I mean. It's just like means basically up with the times. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's all about what's now and what's next. So yeah. there's never any sitting there and 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 reflecting. And I think mm-hmm. um, I think that sort of work mindset seeped into my personal life, and I never sort of um paused to reflect on things that have happened to me and um you know finishing on on morning radio in july or august whenever it was last year um i've had i've had time to do that i've had time to like sit back and reflect on some of the cool things i've, I've done in my career that i've never had had the chance to do before mm-hmm. but also on the flip side of that i've also had the chance to like pause and reflect on some stuff that have gone through in my personal life which um i i had never really thought about but i hadn't hadn't sort of addressed it and some, yeah. some of it's been quite quite um confronting and challenging and in particular I think yeah the fertility stuff yeah mm. yeah because um, I guess um what you sort of buried yourself in your work and your running 
to yeah there's always there's a, a, always a sideshow always a distraction yeah, yeah. and um yeah me and um my wife JJ who we, we I mean we, we, we're still legally married but we haven't been together like four or five years but there's uh, there's still like so much love and respect there and you guys are amazing ways, think, sorry just I want to say how incredible your relationship is I mean it's probably so unique like I don't think I know anyone else who has a relationship like that yeah, uh, <laughs> like it's it's messed up in a lot of ways. Like we, yeah. we um, I guess that's why no one else has it. And yeah, and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's bizarre, but it's like um, when we when we decided it wasn't it wasn't sort of working anymore, like as a marriage, we thought, okay, well let's not let's not throw out um, you know, throw out throw out throw out the baby with the bathwater, or mm. that's probably a bad analogy since we're talking about fertility free. But <laughs> yes, <laughs> like let's like try and salvage what's good from the relationship and keep that. And just like toss out the stuff that's that's not working for us. Um, and they, yeah, we found there's like a lot of common ground. And but the more I um, yeah, the more I the more I think about what she went through, it's like oh, I've got so much respect for her. Eh? It's like oh, it's really tough. So the um the fertility stuff that was um that was my problem. So it's a male fertility issue. So yeah. I had this tumor taken out, which um which you know left me with some complications. So I, and so I when was that? Through- when was that? What age were you and oh. how far through and sort of like were you married already when that happened? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we were married. We, um, and had you started probably, trying for kids already before that happened? We were we were in that phase. We've been married a few years, so we're in that phase where we where people say, "Oh, we're not trying, but we're not not trying." Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So we're off contraception, and you know what yeah. will be will be. And mm-hmm. we just thought it was one of those things that would just happen organically within a year mm. or a couple of years. And then um, yeah, it was discovered I had this tumor, and that was that was taken out, and that left us with some issues. So and was that, the, sorry, was that preventing yeah. you in the first place? Because often people, you hear people say, oh, we weren't trying and, you know, they get pregnant instantly. Yeah. Were there potentially some issues before that if you didn't, oh, didn't happen? I, I, I honestly, um, yeah, I honestly think it's okay. So I, I, the, 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 the tumour, it wasn't a cancerous thing, but it was just this big sort of ball of adrenaline that was dropped growing in my um like adrenal glands mm-hmm. so i reckon over the years that that was growing it was it was probably cooking my sperm at the same time i think yeah realistically um okay. so yeah yeah so um so we, we we started on the fertility roller coaster and you get you know two two free rounds of government funding if you qualify for that and then you have to start paying it paying for it yourself and it's like ten thousand dollars a round or whatever and we were fortunate that we were in a position that we both had like good high-paying jobs mm-hmm. we, we you meet a lot of people that have to like remortgage their house or sell mm. cars and things like that um but yeah we we just keep we just keep going and going and i don't know i, I suppose that's the sort of people we are and in, in the end the um the embryologist dr richard fisher fisher he, he was kind of like oh you you guys have probably tried everything you know so when you've got the embryologist say the one that you're handing the ten thousand dollar checks to saying guys I, I can't take any more of your money more or less it's oh, um man. it's quite a sobering thought but it's um yeah, when I look back on it now, it's like I had to have, have a couple of fairly unpleasant operations called a testicular biopsy, which is where they they cut into your scrotum and get the the sperm tissue out from you know, where it comes from. But then like JJ, who this had nothing to do with her, she was having to inject herself in the stomach every night to um, to um, increase her hormonal activity, to grow more eggs. Yeah, uh, having these invasive operations where they they, they put a wand up her to you know, see how the eggs are growing and then, then do a thing called harvesting the eggs, but they put another big wand up there and, like, pluck them out. So, like, fruit picking. Uh, I mean, yeah, she, she just went through so much. And I, 
I suppose um, at the time I was sort of like, all right, let's soldier on and what do we do now and what do we do mm-hmm. next? And I look back now and she she never even really wanted to have kids in the first place. You know, she just wanted to make me happy. And that was, um, it's, a, oh, it's so humbling when I think back on it, like the, the, the things that she put her body through mm-hmm. over so many years, you know, basically for me. Amazing. And yeah. so how, over how many years was it? Oh, God, I've blocked so much of it out, so I'm sort of guessing mm. now. I think, um, yeah, one of these one of these days, I think this is probably um, this will be a cathartic thing to do, and probably part of the uh, process I need to go through. Um, she wrote a book at the time called Misconception, and mm-hmm. I added some sort of pages or chapters to it. I should probably reread that so I know exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, I feel like it was the best. Maybe seven years we went through, but we we honestly left no stone unturned. Like we we tried numerous rounds with um. With um with my sperm and her eggs, so it's going to be our biological kid. Mm-hmm. Then we tried up um, donor sperm with a mate of mine. Then we we looked at we looked at surrogacy. We looked at local adoption, international adoption. Um, yeah, I mean you you name it, we 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 tried it. And so yeah. the IVF didn't work. And then was there a moment where you just felt like, okay, we're done trying? Or I mean, there must have been. So when when was that? I think it was just a, a period of sheer exhaustion towards the end. So we, yeah. um, we had round after round after round after round of IVF. Then, um, then it got to the point where we started trying it, trying it with donor sperm, which which is a lot easier. It's like mm-hmm. they just need to um, do some tests on JJ, work out what her most fertile um, fertile point is in, in the menstrual cycle, or just after yeah. whenever it is, and then just basically put this put this wand up here and. You know, drop the um, drop the donor sperm right at the point of the uh, point of the egg. Mm. So it's so way easier and way less invasive than IVF, and way cheaper. But by the time we did a couple of rounds of that, like a couple of months in a row, I think we were just both done. We were just yeah. exhausted. We and were just so, like almost like shells of ourselves. Yeah, how awful! And with um, the donor sperm, did they tell you why they think that didn't work? Is it just bad luck? Maybe, maybe bad luck, and maybe by that point it was part to do with like JJ being out of out of her peak fertility window as well. Like mm-hmm. I, she was in her late late thirties by then, but yeah, and fatigue um, and the fatigue and just over it all. And I I think so. I reckon that must play a part in it. Yeah, because um, yeah. even when you're when you're trying for kids, like I remember, um, you know, it, I was lucky and it didn't take long, um, but you sort of you're analyzing it so much and it's even just missing one month was agonizing let alone you know like you went into the IVF right but you'd already spent a whole lot of time trying yeah before you even started that so yeah I think I think that's um that's the thing that's a big part of it and then there's um yeah then there's like me and JJ like we nothing can sort of offend us but after being through so much of it you you, you and, and going to different support groups and things, you do realize the offensive things that some people say. And it, it never sort of offended us, but it can be hurtful to other people. Like mm. you get people saying, Oh, well, because shit, if you ain't want kids, you can have one of mine. Yes. <laughs> or they'll say, Oh, oh shit, yeah, yeah God, I, I can get pregnant for my husband just by using a towel that he, he's used. You, yeah, you yeah, want a yeah. towel? And it's like, it's quite, it's quite icky. And it never really bothered us. And we, we never lost the ability to laugh along with those sort of things but and I think that there's there's those things with every topic though like I've got a child with um, autism and there are things people say that could be offensive as well and slang words that people use in just day-to-day life you know anything that's challenging 
there are yeah. things that we say in society where we don't really think about how that can affect others. It's just part of yeah, our yeah, yeah, that's, that's so language. true. I think you have to yeah, you have to be quiet. Um, yeah, you can't be too brutal about these things, can you? You need to, otherwise, yeah, life's going to be very challenging. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, how are you? How are you coping? You right? Me? Yeah. Oh, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. How 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 severe is the the autism? Oh, um, yeah, I've um spoken about this, and I don't well, but. Oh, I don't speak speak about it that often, but I have on the podcast. Um, it, yeah. it it's challenging. It's really challenging, but um, yeah, you just focus on the positives and yeah, go forward. And she's um she's amazing, but um yeah, she's um really struggles with communication and um really good at day to day things like toileting's yeah. never been an issue, um, all that kind of thing. But socialization and that sort of thing and learning. Um, yeah, but anyway, yeah, how, how old is she now? Um, she's 12. 12. Yeah, cause, well, yeah. I, over the last, um, well, since having him on the podcast, actually, I've become like reason, reasonably good friends with Eric Murray, who, yeah, you know, the yeah. rower, he was on Dance with the Stars, mm. and yeah, his, his son, Zach, sounds very similar, like some non, yeah. When I heard him talking, I thought, yep, they sound really, yeah. sound really similar. Yeah, oh, it's a rough road. I'm sorry about that. It's really, yeah, oh, it's thanks. Really yeah, the and the behavior stuff's really hard. Um, there's always a reason for it. Um, but yeah, no, but she's just come along, like made massive gains and, um, yeah, blows your mind most days. Yeah. Well, I feel like you, you and your partner can pat, probably pat yourself on the back a little bit for that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's tough. For the, it's tough for the parents. Anyway, sorry, sorry for hijack, hijacking <laughs> your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I always knew you would because you're used to being the host. Yeah, and I've um, I've done a few podcasts in the last the last couple of months, I guess. And it's um, I, I yeah, I feel very uncomfortable being interviewed. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's something about it. I feel much more comfortable you, being the one asking the questions. Yeah, well, it's just what you're used to, isn't it? Um, because yeah, on the um between two beers one, I noticed at the start you you had to say sorry, sorry, I will let you run yeah. your podcast. Just give me a minute. I'm just. Um, and so I'm interested to hear more about your attempts to um, adopt so you you tried to adopt JJ's nephew Uh, so 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 what happened and it it actually in a way it felt like it was um I'm I'm not at all religious or anything I'm completely atheist but it did feel like it was um it was almost like a uh, I don't know this sounds real real corny but it almost felt like it was a universe sort of thing so Mm. We 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 were exhausted with the IVF thing. We were done with it. Mm-hmm. And JJ's um, JJ's brother um, had breached some bail conditions, so he had to go back to back to jail. Um, and he had a, a son called Savin who was four years and eleven months old. And everyone else in the because Michael's most of his crimes were drug based, had basically shat on everyone in the family. Is and, this the one that got shot? Oh no 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 no! That's JJ's one. younger brother. Paul. Okay. This is uh, yeah yeah. Uh, this is this isn't. This is, yeah, Paul's, Paul's never been in jail. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's just yeah. been shot. So, so, so we, we had a lovely house that we were living in, um, which which we moved in, in in anticipation of filling the, you know, the hall with laughter and the rooms with kids. Oh, gosh. So yeah. we, we had a study and another spare room and whatever. And I said to JJ, we, we had to take Michael's kid in because, I don't know, I couldn't, Everyone else in the family had turned their turned their back on on JJ's brother, mm-hmm. so he was going to go to a, I think it was called a, like a Sips home at the time. And I said, I, I said that 
that kid hasn't done anything wrong. I don't mm-hmm. know if I could live with myself if we're rattling around this big house, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, and and he, he goes to, to people that he doesn't even know. So we um, we end up taking him in at uh, four years and 11 months. And um, yeah, he's, he's I think he's 18, 18 or 19 now. The guardianship was supposed to end when, when he was 18. We ended up letting, letting him go with another auntie when he was 16 because he was just, he was too defiant. But he was, um, yeah, it was a, it was a very, it was a steep learning curve. Man, we, we did so much, um, so much therapy and counselling because at that age, like four years, five years, there's not, there's some sand therapy they can do with kids, but there's not much they can do. So mm-hmm. the, in our case, the guardians had to go to the therapy sessions and we learned just so much about um, nurture versus nature. Mm-hmm. And th- there's an, another thing, a theory, and I, I can fully see it now, 80% of a person's brain development is done in the first thousand days or three years of yeah. their life. So by the time, um, by the time this, this scared, confused little boy came to live with us, mm. oh, shit, honestly, like I can think back to the day now where his dad dropped him off, and then um, he said, "See you, boy. See you in, see you in a few years, whatever." And drove up in his car, and this scared years, little yeah. boy, four years and eleven months old, and like dirty clothes and hadn't 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 been washed in a long time. Mm. saw his dad drive off and didn't know what was what was happening it was um it was the, the see how we were his uncle and auntie like um yeah jj biologically and me through marriage but he'd only met us like once or twice mm. over those times because we're not really a close family so but imagine the, what it would have it would be would have been like for him and would be like for others that just get dropped at a completely unknown foreign place yeah that is potentially yeah. not very loving and they wouldn't be going to therapy to try and understand it all yeah i mean we, we 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 tried we tried so hard and um i mean i he's he's got a job on a farm now and he's he i don't know oh, he, cool. he does a lot of he, there's a lot of videos on instagram of him with with marijuana or doing burnouts or whatever yeah. but he's he's not in jail and i don't think he's a bad yeah. cat and I, yeah. I say to jj i feel like we need to take a little bit of credit for that for the for the, for the work oh, we did i would it. say I yeah 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 so with us, he had probably um, yeah, 10 or 11 years of like boundaries, consistency, mm-hmm. love. and Yeah. yeah. And so do you still yeah, see just, him now? Um, occasionally, yeah. Occasionally. Yeah. He messages me a lot asking for money. <laughs> <laughs> when he's a wee but bit older, a hopefully he'll that. have a sort of reflection and look back and realise what you guys did for him. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of people say that, but I mean that that's that's yeah, that's not why but you do him, it. And I'm not no. holding my I'm not holding my breath for that. <laughs> it's um but yeah, he um yeah, no, he's he, he's a good kid, but shit, it was hard work. That was definitely another, you know, th- yeah, there's yeah, if I look back on um on the marriage, like there's a bunch bunch of sort of straws, I guess, that broke the camel's back, mm-hmm. and that was definitely yeah, that was definitely a, like a more than a straw. That was like a big quite a big bit of rope, that one. Yeah, it would have been yeah. challenging times. And so you know what how did you know that it was over was it did it was it over a period of time with JJ oh the marriage you mean yeah yeah I th- I think like a lot of a lot of these uh, I don't know she's probably got like a, a differing a differing sort of opinion on it but I think just over time a bunch of stuff happened and I was probably not the best at communicating communicating it or you know communicating my feelings and, and then it just felt like um we were just almost like good friends or yeah. and I've like heard you describe as siblings yeah 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 like just so, so there was there was, <clears throat> there was no big fighting or row or anything but it's just like that sort of that sort of that sort of spark had gone like yeah. there's still like deep 
one love, caring, or affection there, but mm-hmm. that spark had sort of gone. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I, I look, I look back now, and yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think I'm a different person out of what I was then, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's a big I, thing uh, that you embarked I mean, on. I mean, was it 18 years that you were on the radio together every morning? 18 years. Yeah. Um, Around about? Yeah, yeah, 17, 18 years, I guess, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a full-on high-pressure job. And um, I didn't really think about it until I did um, the a podcast interview, as you mentioned before, with um, those guys between two beers, mm. um, Seamus and Steve. They... Um, yeah, we probably weren't very good at like compartmentalizing work and home. <laughs> yeah, I heard you say that, so, and you'd be constantly working. Like at night, you're working yeah. as you're having conversations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we just, I look back now, and it's like, yeah, we needed to work hard. Oh, I needed to work harder on that. Yeah. And then, and then JJ had some. Um, you know, she she suffered depression, and pro- mm. was probably born on because of Savine and the adoption and the, mm. the fertility stuff and the fact that. Yeah, we, we weren't entirely happy in our relationship mm. together. But I um I had I had no understanding of sort of mental health or depression at that time. Like she should have weeks at a time where she just wanted to stay in bed and didn't want to see the sunlight. And yeah, I'd sort of be like, um, you know, sort of like, like what the fuck? Come on, come on, yeah. let's get out. We'll get you outside, we'll go for a walk, bit of fresh air, that's yeah. what you need. And I sort of understand now that that's that's not the way to that's not the way to deal with it. So I, I look back now and I'm embarrassed about you know the way I handled some things. Yeah. I don't think you should be. I mean, we all live and learn. Like, we don't know things until we know yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, it came from a good place. I was never yeah. being, like, an asshole about it. Like, I mm. thought I thought, I thought it, was, it was coming from a place of love. But you look back now and you go, oh, that was, yeah, I'm embarrassed because, you know, it, it, it did come from a good place, but it was completely the wrong way to yeah. go about it. <laughs> yeah. but, but I think as, as, long as, you're, as long as you're growing and evolving and you learn these things and you can look back, and you know, click on it and go. Okay, yeah, that was that wasn't the way to handle it. I think that's a healthy thing. Yeah, and so with your um, working together on the radio, um, I'm just thinking it through. Like you, you kind of constantly are because if she did something in your day to day life funny, that's oh, there's some content mm. for tomorrow, and she's just you know you can't get away from oh, it. A hundred hundred percent. Everything's fair game. There was just like <laughs> nothing 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 that was sacred or off limits and um like and jj like jj is a very good broadcaster like i'd say i'd say she's the best female broadcaster in in, in the country um and so she understood the importance of you know letting that embarrassing stuff to breathe so she never got angry about it but you look back now and you're like um we we had we had like very little that was sacred or special yeah you know yeah, very little, very little that was like just for us, and it's it's really um, um uh, it's really important in morning radio to 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 give some of yourself away because by doing that, the people that are listening they feel like they know you better and they form mm-hmm. more of a connection with the authentic you. But um, I suppose I was so relentlessly driven that I, I yeah everything was up for grabs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing that would be off limits. Yeah, and so did anyone? Oh, I just got to pop up. Is it telling you how to turn you out or? No. <laughs> no, no, no. Just Are you kind of forgetting that you're upside down? I, yeah, I, I am. I'm just looking at you. I've got me in the little screen. So I'm just looking at you, normal way up. You look lovely. So does your mate in the background. <laughs> yeah, you look lovely upside down. It's um, it's nice. It's a nice look. I wanted to ask yeah. if anyone warned you against working together when you first 
had the job because I heard you say in the interview that JJ got a job with another station, was it? And said, mm-hmm. I want Dom to come with me yeah. and the edge matched it. Were they yeah, concerned yeah, or were yeah, you so concerned about being a couple and working so closely together? It is something, it is, yeah, it is something we thought about at the time. And the, um, the, the boss of the edge at the time, Stephen Joyce, who went on to become, I think, like deputy prime minister and finance minister and stuff for National, he even said, I, I don't think this is a good idea, you guys working together. But we, um, we were so both so like relentlessly um, career-driven and focused mm-hmm. that we were like, right, okay. I think we, we even said at the time, I, I probably said, not JJ, I said, right, the career's got to be the most important thing. So whatever happens with the relationship, we, we need to, you know, have the, have the focus to be able to keep working together because, yeah. you know, we, we, can't, we can't, excuse my French, fuck this up. Yeah. So, which, um, yeah, which is a strange way to look at it now. Like, how can you, how can you do that? How can you say, right, even if, even if we're both heartbroken and we hate each other, yeah. we still get the show must go on. <laughs> but that's really easy yeah. to say looking back after you're successful. But when you're not yet successful, being successful seems like the most important thing at that time and at that age. I think so. You're, you're, you're probably similar. Like it seems like you're relentlessly driven to with, with what you're doing. I mean, yeah, I'm in, in awe of the stuff that, that you've done with building up your brand. But, but that you need like a almost like a, a sick laser like focus to do that stuff don't you yeah but then i've got to balance it yeah. with with family but then i'd say that are you quite good at that like if you're with with the kids doing some watching their sport or whatever can you stay off your phone and stop messaging people or are you sort of like doing multitasking i am be multitasking <laughs> yes but i'm getting i've got a lot better <laughs> with boundaries yeah. um and yeah, it's it's easier as they get older because what you're doing with them is kind of more fun. But when they're young, yeah, it's quite yeah. hard because it's kind of a bit more monotonous and, you know, you're waiting, you're trying to spoon food into their mouths and they're taking, you know, a minute per mouthful. You're thinking this is this is golden time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I could have replied to three DMs in that time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But whereas now it's taking them to their sports and watching their sports or coaching their sport. And then they're a lot more independent with with stuff. It's you know they're drying the dishes at night. You know it it does get easier, um, yeah. but yeah, you definitely yeah. learn as you go. And I guess may, did you have the opportunity to do that to reflect and say, okay, work is taking precedent over my relationship. I need to somehow balance it, or you just didn't get the opportunity because it was so fast paced. Never, never got the opportunity. Um, yeah. And then. I, I I probably look even like look down or maybe even got like a little bit angry with um people I worked with people that were in my team that did have <laughs> did have that sense you know I, I've had producers over the years and that that I'd ask them to do something on a Sunday because right the show was always Monday to Friday which means mm-hmm. Sunday for me was always day. a work yeah. day like yeah. And I had producers over the years that well I'd find them on a Sunday and say, Hey, can we go into work and do this? And they'd be like, Oh, sorry, man, I'm out having a picnic with uh, such and such. And I'd be like, Oh, I'd I'd try and bite my tongue, but I think they could tell I was yeah, passive aggressive about it. And mm-hmm. yeah, I I and I don't I don't know. I think I think part of me was probably on the right because if you want to have a successful show, mm. you know, you have to make some sacrifices. And if you're yeah. doing a Monday to Friday radio show, then there, there is some Sunday we yeah, we got to knock off us and our team at 10 a.m. on a Friday morning, mm. whereas most people don't. So yeah. it's like, 
you get most of the day Friday and all of the day Saturday, so a bit of work on Sunday. But, so technically um, Sunday yeah, isn't a day yeah. off. It's a bit of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I suppose my, my expectations on myself and on, on JJ were very high, mm. and I, I probably tried to sort of force those expectations on other people in the team as much as what I could. Yeah, and I guess also uh, which, you had vi- envisioned this life with a family and you didn't have it, so you were channeling everything into your work. Yeah, actually, actually, yeah, that's probably, um, yeah, some, I haven't put this podcast up yet, but the other day I um, I sat down with Kieran Reid, you know, the, he, was, yeah. he was the All Black captain for a number of games after, after Richie McCaw, and Kieran talked about time as captain versus Richie, and he said, when for when Richie was captain of the All Blacks, like he never had, he didn't have a partner for most of the time. He didn't have any kids, and he had just had this single-minded focus on rugby. And he goes, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of the other guys had families and they had balance. And yeah, rugby was important, yes, but there, there was other stuff as well. So yeah, I, I was probably the same. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because um, <laughs> radio was all I had. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I expected everyone else to, <laughs> to be their number one priority as well. But it's I always think as well it's our society sort of needs people like you as well that are focused on particular things and not so spread out? Mm, potentially. Although it's a fine line now, isn't it? Because, um, you know, everything everything can be <laughs> labelled as bullying to a degree. Mm. You know, you, you have, like, crack the whip on someone, you've got hard expectations. That can that can be, could be perceived as bullying. Mm. I... I I don't know. Yeah, it's what? one of those ones. I, I suppose when when I was working hard, I, you, you want to lead by example. Like you want to, you know, you want them to go. Oh, okay, oh, Dom's working this hard, or we mm. should work this hard as well. But I think it's it's unfair to put your expectations and goals on other people. I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Really. I'm still. Working I know the feeling. Well. Um, I've had some jobs or roles where you'd feel like you're just sinking your heart and soul into it, and it means so much to you. And so when someone else isn't mm. matching that, you do feel let down? 100%, yeah. 100%. Um, like, come on, guys. Come on. You know, yeah. we, we, can, we, can, we can do this and we can make this amazing thing. Yeah. Um, but I need you to come on board. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I, I, I feel like there's a, lot of, there's a lot of parallels. If I'm we'll sit down for a coffee and vent about things. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. You weren't completely putting yourself into your work. You're also running. When did that start? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe about 15 years ago. Um, but yeah, the, the running is something that I that I I, I started because I thought um, it'd be one of those things that would that would help with my radio. So, but morning radio hours are brutal. Like you mm. get, you're getting up at 4:30 in the morning. It's bloody tough. So. I thought the the best thing I could do to keep doing that for as long as possible and effectively as possible is to be is to be physically fit. So that's a, that's one of the reasons that, that's a, one of the main reasons I guess I started running um, so that I could you know keep doing the job for longer and hopefully keep doing the job better for longer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, along, along the way, running definitely became like a bit of an obsession and priority as well. Yeah. 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 I, 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 just, I just love it. It's such a big part of my life now. I'm battling with an a knee injury at the moment and you'll see upside down on your zoom screen I've got the deep heat here I've got one of these <laughs> weird little knee brace things oh, no, I'm just um, I feel I'm you. running okay but it's afterwards <laughs> yeah, yeah it's afterwards that I get a bit sore yeah it's niggly isn't it but it's um yeah I'm playing basketball again I took time off because of my back and I'm back again back again um 
and my back injury is causing other issues and my calf is just playing up. But man, it's, I just get so many endorphins. I just absolutely love it that it's sort of a risk or I'm willing to limp for a couple of days afterwards to make that happen. And I presume you're in the same boat. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, it's, um, like, I think, like, for me, it's running. For you, it's basketball. I think there's um, just the um, the mental health benefits that mm. anyone can. There's obviously, yeah, when you do physical activity, there's obviously the, you know, the physical health benefits. But the mental health benefits mm. you get from getting those endorphins flowing and yeah. getting some fresh air or running about, it just cannot be underestimated, eh? And that's um, one, one thing I've, I'm, I'm still even to this day trying to coax JJ into because she... She, oh, she, she just, just she's so got, she blanketly says, I hate exercise. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, you, need, you just need to find something that you enjoy. Like, um, yeah. And yeah. I think she, she's probably uh, what, what, grew up in the age be? that we did where, um, where exercise is about weight loss. And so she probably just has this really mm. negative connotation with it or being pushed to do yeah. things in PE that she didn't want to do or um, yeah. sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, yeah, like you say, if you can just focus on those mental health benefits, it's game changing. You yeah. don't have to be an athlete to yeah. exercise. Yeah, yeah. You, um, yeah, I laughed before because what you said about like your PE at school, it's so yeah. true. I think like um, most people have a hatred of running for that reason because they're forced to do the school cross country or the yeah, you know, and the big test. They up with a, like from their mum and they still have to do like laps of the field or yeah. get the beep test <laughs> I loved yeah. it but you know half of the people three quarters of people hated it didn't they and then your yeah, times get yeah. put up for everyone to see which is great if you're good <laughs> something that was really interesting to me um in one of your podcasts because I think it sort of has a lot of parallels to things in life and um for a lot of my members who are busy women juggling a lot of things a lot of balls um, and what we were talking about before with, you know, with my business and being on the phone and stuff is so your fastest marathon time was two hours, 57 in Tokyo. Friggin' incredible. Um, so how Thank you. many minutes per K is that? Well, to, to break. So my big goal was to break three hours and I, I took years and years of like training and tweaking and trying to do that. To break three hours, I think you need to run like four minutes sixteen per kilometer. That so two fifty seven, two fifty seven. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe four minutes eight per kilometer, four oh nine. But yeah, it was um, it was um, hard work to get there. It caused me a lot of a lot of um, stress and anxiety. The training. Mm. I look at the um, the, the schedule that my my uh, coach had for me, and I I feel I'd be at work in the morning doing the breakfast radio show, and I'd, I'd open up the app and see what he had for me that day, and I'd be like. Oh my God, I can't, I can't run that distance at that pace. And then, but my body sort of changed over that time. And then I, I did it. And when you have yeah. a goal that big that you're working towards for that long and you achieve it, it is so incredibly satisfying. Eh? Mm. Yeah, it's really and good. So but, um, before think, you think, started your training, what were your split times? Before I started training, um, Actually, before I um, teamed up with this coach who messaged me on on Facebook, I'd just go online, find a program somewhere like a free one, and print it yeah. out like a twelve week program, sixteen week program. And every with every marathon I did, I'd, I'd find a different program. So there's, there's a quote from I think it's Einstein. It says the definition of madness is doing 
doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yeah. So I, I'd find a different program, but I, f- I found my times never changed. I was always running around between three hours 15 and three hours 20 for a marathon. Yeah. Regardless what, of what the program How many, was. what minutes per K is that? I'm just referring it to, because I know <laughs> my best 5K is running at like four minutes 20 so I can compare it to that and I was fucking hoping oh that's great yeah like you're doing so, this yeah, over yeah, 42 so about tw- tw- yeah so three three hours 15 is probably about four, four minutes 30 per k yeah yeah um but yeah I, 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 I couldn't believe I got there at yeah at, at the end and at the age of I think it was 40 45 so I was starting to think I was maybe too old for it yeah, yeah, because there is a peak four, four age, 20s, you know, as you get older. Yeah, I feel like distance running. Yeah, somewhere in your thirties is probably where where you peak. That's where there's like a lot of runners that do very well on the on the track. Uh, like Elliot Kipchoge, who's the the world's greatest marathoner at the moment and probably the greatest of all time. He's won Olympic gold medals for the five thousand and ten thousand. And then when you get a bit older, that's when they move up to the marathon because yeah. um yeah the older you are, you sort of do better in the, the longer distances. But yeah. I feel like there's a point of diminishing returns in yeah, of mid-40s. Course. <laughs> <laughs> the body starts packing in like your knee. And so, yeah, I found it really <laughs> interesting you saying, you know, the trade-off between your running time and actually living your life and enjoying it. Yeah. So where are you at with that? What's what's a week of training like at the moment? Um, if, if I'm not training for any particular event, it'll probably be like just a 10k run most days, so like 70k's a week. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have got a few events lined up that I'm working towards now, so the training will, will differ a bit and probably like max out at maybe 100 kilometers a week. Um, but I'm not I'm not too obsessed about times anymore. Like I'm I'm more my obsession's more now that rather than enjoying it. I suppose it, like if you're um, a surfing analogy would be. Uh, I'm I'm getting ready for the longboard now. <laughs> yeah, you know, just a nice, and, just nice, nice, a nice cruisy ride. I want to go out there and enjoy it and soak yeah. in the mental health benefits and the atmosphere. And yeah, cool. And do you think that's you've learned that that's more important because you you had a big goal and you worked bloody hard and you achieved it and it felt amazing, but you also learned that the sacrifice was a lot. Oh, absolutely, and. Even though I'm 49 now, I I think I could probably run a little bit faster. So I did yeah. two hours 57 in Tokyo. I feel like I could I could train harder and go a bit faster. I don't know what that means, like two hours 55, two hours 54, mm-hmm. whatever. But for the work that I know would be involved to shave off those extra minutes, would it bring me, as Marie Kondo would say, you know, would it spark joy? Yeah. The answer is no. Like, yeah. It would, it would make me feel a bit better because my personal best time is a little bit better, but it's... It, Times like that, you're still not, you're not going to the Commonwealth Games or the Olympics. You're not yeah. winning any events. You're not sitting in the world on fire. You're doing it purely for yourself and nobody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, I realised the, the, the true enjoyment for me comes from, from just running, like putting one foot in front of the, the other. Like if, I, um, if my knee blew out completely and I couldn't run again, I, I wouldn't sit there crying going, oh, my God, no, I'm never going to run another sub-three marathon. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, no, I'm just never going to get to go out there and run again. Yeah. Regardless of pace. So what would you do? Would you be jumping on a bike? What you know, do you have a backup? Because or are you going to oh, be 85 yeah. and pushing it? Um, you have to listen to your God, I, I don't know. Yeah, oh, probably like <laughs> be one of those mammals. Is it is it worth it though? <laughs> is it worth it? it? <laughs> 
I don't know. You'd be. I, I used to do a bit of cycling when I lived in Palmerston North, but the thought of cycling around Auckland terrifies me because me the shits. It's like there's so many, so many cars and so much yeah. traffic everywhere. Uh, as a know, mo- as find, a motorist, um, I'm sorry, I hate cyclists. Like what I find is, like we'll go through the Lindis Pass, which is a road between um, sort of Twizo and well, um, Amarama and yeah, yeah. Wanaka, and it's designed for cars. I'm sorry, cyclists. I know there'll be some of you feeling <laughs> offended by this, but it's designed for cars. There is not enough yeah. room for cyclists on there, and it's dangerous. It scares me. Yeah. I um yeah, I mean I know some cyclists obviously do that road and feel comfortable with it, but I, I'm so risk adverse. I it, it would give me the shits, quite frankly, being on a road like that with cars. Yeah. So you'll just yeah, be running so, as long I, as you possibly can. Yeah, and if it wasn't running, then I'd, I'd find something else. One thing, one of the reasons I got I got into running in the first place was the, the simplicity of it and the fact that whatever wherever I was in the world whatever time of day it was or night, I could just put on the shoes, go from the front door and get it done. But mm. um, yeah, over the years, I've um, become more sort of community focused with the running community. So I think um, if I did something else, it would have to be, yeah, it'd have to be based around the people that are doing it, whatever that would be. So I, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if that would be a swimming group or a cycling group or yeah, whatever. Because yeah. interesting I, enough, you I, know, I was talking about my basketball. Something. Sorry. Um, and I'm starting to coach and I'm getting just as much satisfaction out of coaching as I am out of playing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just being um being being involved and being a part of something, I think. Eh? But mm. um yeah, I'm, I'm probably like you in the respect that um like physical activity of some sort will definitely always be part of my life because mm. it's just it's 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 so important to me. Yeah, exactly. But there's something so amazing about being able to impart your knowledge and help others with it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, that's that's true. And actually, um, there's um, there's a guy in the running community who um I had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. A guy called um Kerry Suter, who's uh runs a, a group from Rotorua called Squad Run, and he he was a mad runner. Like in the middle of February, he he did a 17 hour run one weekend where he ran up the three the three peaks of um you know Tongariro, Ruapehu and, and uh, Narahoya, I think it is. And then the, the next weekend he had a mountain bike accident and since then he's been in a spinal unit in Auckland oh, with them gosh. and he's he's tetraplegic. Um oh, yeah, if you look on uh, TVNZ on demand, um the, the TV again? show Sunday did a, did a story on uh Kerry Suter, S-U-T-E-R, and his um, um, amazing partner um Ali Pottinger. Um but he he, he his his mind is, is still fine. So even though he he has no movement from the sort of neck or shoulders down, his mind's still exactly the same. So his mind his, wants to be running. Um, yeah, and it's only been like two and a half, three months since he had the accident. But he 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 still plans to be at the finish line and still coach yeah. athletes. So I suppose the adrenaline rush for him now will come from not being the runner himself, but um, helping other people reach yeah. their goals and. Yeah, getting that sort of satisfaction from that, but yeah, yeah it's a it's a it's a hell of a story. But if you yeah, if you if you look him up and listen to a story, it's like gives you a new appreciation. And yeah, I mean, yeah, have you had him on the podcast? Um, yeah, yeah, oh, had, cool, incredibly moved. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, um, yeah, he's, he's very matter of fact about it. He goes, he goes, make no mistake about it. When I fell off that mountain bike, I didn't just fuck up my life. I fucked up Ellie's life as well, which mm. I, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and do they have kids? Yeah, it's heartbreaking. He's got kids from a previous relationship, and mm-hmm. 
she she got pregnant after years and years of fertility treatment, like just a few weeks before the accident happened. Oh wow! Um, they even they even joked about it in the podcast, like um, so the, the morning of the accident, he was going out for a mountain bike ride, she was going out for a lake swim, and he he made some comment to her saying, oh, I'm just hoping that this baby doesn't mess up our lives. Like we've got a really good life without kids." And then a couple of hours later, he was in a helicopter being taken to Middlemore oh. in Auckland. <laughs> Gosh, he doesn't yeah. even know, do you? Man. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. Um, something I thought could be useful for our listeners too is your early starts and routines with that because a lot of um, my members out there, you know, their lives are busy and so to sort of fit exercise in early mornings is often the ticket, but it's not easy. So how did you cope with it? Um, when, I was doing, um, when I was doing morning radio, I, I even tried one year, like, you know, you set New Year's like resolutions or goals. I, I thought, all oh, right, I'm going to do like a 10K run before work every morning, but that's what I meant getting up at like 3.30. So I did it mm. for maybe three weeks and then I was like, nah, fuck that. So while I was doing morning radio hours, I'd just like, I'd usually like work in the morning, um, go home, I have some lunch, have a nap, and then go out, go out for a run and then sit down and prep for the rest of the day. Um, since I've finished on those hours, it's been it's been good. I've, uh, I feel like you're asking the wrong person in a way because I, like, I don't have kids. So I, No, what I more mean is um, you yeah. had to get up early in the morning, right? So um, yeah. how did you set yourself up for success with that? Obviously, you go to bed earlier. How did you manage it with social events? Oh, gotcha. Um Oh, yeah, I was yeah very strict and disciplined about that. So I was in bed by nine o'clock every night. Um, I love my love my central Otago Pinot in Wales, but on a weeknight I couldn't have. Uh, it was like a two glass maximum because anything yeah. more than that would impact my sleep in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, Agree. Yeah, I, I was super focused and disciplined with it. In the last, in the last maybe five years of doing it, so from 40, 43 to forty eight, I just never I never went out. I, I got invites to lots of fantastic events, but I just had to prioritise work. So I just mm-hmm. knew that if I was in bed by 11 o'clock at night with my ears ringing from being at a concert, I'd be, you know, I wouldn't be a, a, a peak performer the next day. Yeah. Um, it's quite funny. Like a lot of the, a lot of the, when you work in a, like a top 40 radio format, like we talked about, mm-hmm. there's lots of, um, lots of like broadcasting graduates and interns and stuff there. And they're all like, oh, just go to the, go to the Foo Fighters and you go to work and sleep on the floor and just wake yeah. up and work the next morning. And it's like, yeah, cool. You can do that when you're 20, but you can. And when you're yeah. in your mid 40s, every bone in your back hurts the next morning yeah. no thanks mm-hmm. no Sorry. and you know I reckon too like everyone thinks it's just that um when you get older it's too hard but I reckon as you get older you appreciate feeling good so much better so much more yeah. when you're in your early yeah. 20s you don't really know what it feels like to feel good you only know what it's like to be drunk or tired mm. yeah I mean, there, there are other aspects of aging that are definitely it definitely gets harder but you know uh, it, but it, it, like it's it's not impossible and it's not that much harder you know I, mm. like physically I'm, I'm in quite good shape I'm, I'm i'm running faster times now than what i could have dreamed of in my like 20s or 30s yeah. um but everything you know er, er, i suppose everything every decision in life sort of comes with a sacrifice doesn't it yeah it's really. back to that trade-off thing to do with your your running time and balancing life yeah absolutely um quick question that's sort of off track but it just made me think so um in the tabloids couple of years ago there's all this stuff about new young girlfriend what, <laughs> what happened there do you still have a new young girlfriend <laughs> oh that was um yeah that, that was Liz we um 
we we broke up sort of at the start of the year. We, we're still we're still very good friends. Um, <laughs> new younger, she's she's like in her late thirties. She's in her late thirties, but I suppose yeah, quite a, quite a bit younger than me, I guess. Um, but we're we're still we're still really good friends. I'm really uh, I don't know. I think there's a there's a pattern of me with relationships. Like if I if I love someone, I'll I'll love them forever. You know, I, yeah. I can nice. always see um see see the good in that relationship. I feel I feel sure. I feel bad for Liz. It's like she. She she would have really wanted to get get married um, and try the fertility journey and stuff again. And I I was just never I think probably ready to take that leap again. And she, mm. she'd say to me, just because it didn't work out with JJ and the fertility thing, doesn't mean it's not going to work out with other people. But mm. she one thing I got I probably need more more soul searching or reflection or therapy like to get over this, but. She does. It's hard for her to understand that when you go through like years and years of that, I've, I suppose I've like sort of put it in a box, taped it up, mm-hmm. and put it in the back of the wardrobe and forgotten about it. Like yeah. before, you were asking me how many years it went on for, or how many rounds we did, and I, I can't, I can't tell you with great accuracy anymore because I've sort of blocked it out. But it's like for me to then get, you know, be with be with a new partner, get that box out, open it up again, and yeah, unpack it's everything. Too huge. And go yeah. there again. It's like, yeah, like she. I mean, if if it worked, it'd be it'd be amazing. But if it didn't work, it's just like it sets you back even further, you know. Yeah. It's, do you um, feel like um you didn't have it in you to face the fact that it might not work? Like you couldn't go again just in case it didn't work? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. It just. Yeah. Me and JJ just it broke us. So to mm. to put put yourself in a situation where yeah. there's I don't know like a fifty fifty chance that you're going to be there again. It's mm. just it's too great to bear. I don't know. And do you think you'd accepted the fact that your life was going to be without children? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. We sort of sealed that box off, and it's like, okay, this is this is how I saw the second half of my life playing out with with children, and then maybe one day, if I'm lucky enough, grandchildren and. horrible school productions and Saturdays <laughs> watching watching terrible sport and then it's like that's that's not to be and you sort of accept that and that's a that's a big thing to accept mm. um so to then I suppose like open yourself up to to, to that again where you're going to be heartbroken again it's a that's a big thing mm. yeah so mm-hmm. I feel bad for Liz but we're, we're still good like I went around for, for dinner at her place last night and you know we watched a little bit of Big Brother together and yeah we, oh, we you're still amazing. Good. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, no, the um, I, I, I don't know, I yeah, if, like if, if I, it's not always possible because it takes takes both parties to have You're some right. sort of cooperation, and yeah, I understand like not, people break up in different circumstances, and some it can't always be pleasant, but I don't know, yeah, as I said before, like if if I love someone, like I'll I'll always the thing that I loved about them, I'll always be able to like find that forever. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, now I just want to touch briefly on some highlights so um again back to the two beers podcast you guys were talking about and i remember hearing this the um tom cruise prank that won you guys awards that's hilarious honestly obviously their pride was hurt do you want to explain it to people who might not know about that one oh yeah so um uh this happened a few years ago. So, so um, si, Simon Barnett and Gary McCormick, who did, they 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 did a fantastic breakfast show. They were on More FM, one of the biggest shows in the country, and also um, part of the same radio company as as The Edge. So we were sort of like 
stable mates, I guess you would say. Um, they, they were doing this promotion. Tom Cruise was in Queenstown, I think, filming Mission Impossible. So they started this bounty where it's like, if Tom Cruise called them, they'd donate $5,000 to charity. And you'd done Simon that same Bar- bounty about 10 years prior. So they sort yeah, of copied your idea. We, we, did, we did that thing like years prior when Tom Cruise was in Taranaki filming a movie called The Last Samurai. And I even vividly remember like speaking to Simon Barnett at a, um, a company function we had. And he, he, he said to me, he goes, that the Tom Cruise stuff is amazing. And he goes, I was getting like stale and bored of radio and that just re- invigorated me and it reminded me what could be done. So he definitely knew about it yeah. and definitely stuck with him. And then he was doing the same thing. So we thought, right, we're going <laughs> to, you want Tom Cruise? We'll give you Tom Cruise. So um, we organized uh, like the world's number one Tom Cruise impersonator. Yeah. Um, our, our producer, Tom McKenzie, did a fantastic job in the back end, sending up, setting up fake email addresses and websites and stuff like that. And then, um, and then it happened. And then when we, when we jumped on the line, after they'd interviewed this fake Tom Cruise and said, ah, psych, we got you. Yeah. They were just, um, they were devastated. And uh, the More FM audience as well were devastated. Like people that were listening yeah. to it on the edge, they, I suppose they, they probably- thought it was funny from our end. Yeah. But people that listened to it on More FM, they felt. Um, Victimized, kind of. Sadness or whatever. Yeah. For Simon. Yeah. So um, it sort of backfired. It, it was a strange one because it's like, if you ask me, would we do it? Do I think it's a good prank? Yes, I do. But would we do it again if we knew that was going to be the outcome? Yeah. Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. We we thought when they found out it was a joke, they'd take it in good faith and sort of laugh about it. That wasn't their outcome. And, and that's the that's the tricky thing these days. It's like, um, yeah. Well, probably not these days. It's probably always been that way. Like the, the whether a prank's funny or not probably depends on how the recipient takes it. Yeah, you're right. But and- we we but we honestly thought that was a it was a harmless prank. It was like they it's thought they clever, were talking to a celebrity. You had to put in a lot of work to make it to pull it off. It wasn't some yeah. lame cheap shot. Oh, a, a lot of work and a, a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of money to get the, the fake Tom Cruise guy. But yeah, our, our producer at the time, like Tom McKenzie, I can't I can't reiterate the, like, the work that he did. It was astonishing. He, he made me so proud. Like to to get this over the line, and you know. I spoke I, I, more FM and their management. They were on high prank alert. They were like, you know, is this a stitch up? Is someone having a laugh? Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that we made it through all these filters and thresholds and yeah. got on the air, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. And that, yeah. that, that all comes down to this guy, Tom, not Tom you know, Cruise. Tom <laughs> is it the real Tom Cruise? And this wasn't, um, <laughs> um, this wasn't that long ago. How, when was it? Couple of years, yeah. Couple of years, I, yeah. Was, it was JJ's, JJ's last year on the edge, so yeah. oh, maybe three years ago. Yeah. And the funny thing is, so um, the radio awards are usually sort of held in May, June each year, and it's for the previous calendar year. Mm-hmm. So JJ was on the edge for when we did that Tom Cruise <laughs> prank, and yeah. then by the time the radio awards rolled around the next year, and we we were up for an award and we won an award for that prank, mm-hmm. she was at More FM. Yeah. So she was sitting at the table. Yeah. <laughs> So we're in Sky City or whatever it was, and she's sitting at the Morphine table, and everyone's just like like looking down at their phones, pretending to ignore what's going on. It was awkward as fuck for her. So had they yeah, not even yeah. sort of got over it then and gone, okay, guys, fair play, well done, you pulled it off. No, no, and we we sort of thought they would. We sort of thought by then, eight they months later, nine months later, whatever it was, yeah. they'll be like, they'll get us back, or they'll be like, uh, you know, maybe even come up on stage with us and claim the award, like yeah. you know, for their part of it. But nah, they just. 
they yeah they just didn't want anything to do with it. The hurt was Mads, too deep. That's fine. I guess so, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm just speculating here, but maybe even with with that sort of passage of time gone, they were a bit embarrassed about about the way they had. I don't know. Yes, yeah, no, completely. It was, know, all, maybe, it was all just yeah. awkward, and they just wanted to forget the whole thing because it yeah, didn't bring yeah, out the completely. best in them, and either, yeah. But it didn't, um, yeah, but we, we we didn't do it from a bad place. And as I said before, yeah. like, we knew that was going to be the reaction. We would never, ever, 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 ever had done it. Yeah, I think There's that's why no I've really enjoyed listening to you over the years, though, is um, you can tell things aren't from a bad place. Like, even when some people got up, up in arms about things, I always thought, what? Like, get a grip. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's, yeah. It's hard. I mean, the um we referenced this podcast again the between two beers guys they they said oh was that prank an outlier or did you do like some some stuff over the years that offended people and i said it was an outlier and then as i walked home from that interview i thought actually there probably was a few things that like pushed the boundaries or went too far but you're talking like over 20 years in the same job yeah. so i, I probably I feel like if you thought, didn't go too far you weren't being successful because you had to, you know, there was a line and to be successful, you were having to go right to that line. So of course, yeah. occasionally things were going to spill over and it wasn't going to hit the mark. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's absolutely correct. Like the station was called the edge. So we were encouraged to like yeah. push boundaries. And, and I suppose my role in particular was to be the, you know, the, 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 the jester or whatever you want to call it, that sort mm -hmm. of danced on that line. And when you do that, you know, from time to time, you are going to put your toes over it. Yeah. Or in my case, <laughs> your whole foot over it. <laughs> <laughs> so what was what other thing, you know, what other things didn't come off as planned? Oh, I got I, I I couldn't even tell you off the top yeah. of my head. There's there'd be numerous things though, but you're talking over a 20-year period. Yeah. I suppose I remember the Tom Cruise one because it was the, the most recent. Yeah. But every time, every time you make a stuff up like this, like you, you know, you learn. So Mm. If an opportunity to do a similar thing like the Tom Cruise thing came up again, you think, okay, the people that we're targeting, how are they likely to see it? Yeah. But you still have to, I, like, I'm, I'm not doing that job anymore, but the people that are, I think they still need to take those risks, you know, those yeah. calculated risks. Yeah, oh, and yeah, you see there, that there in your closing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, there was another one. So we, we started a thing a couple of years ago. Um, so this was even after, yeah, this has just come back to me now. This came, this came after the More FM Tom Cruise thing. So we started this this idea called the the early morning mo job, um, and it's funny because it's it rhymes with blow job. Yeah. <laughs> so, in case you didn't get it, <laughs> um, and the, the the idea was so we thought right okay you can nominate someone that nominate a friend of yours and we'll go around to their house at six a.m. and mow their lawns for them because oh, because yeah. there's nothing more obnoxious really than a lawnmower at six a.m. <laughs> um, so for the first year we did with with our own staff members because we thought right if there's one group of people that can't get pissed off it's mm -hmm. other staff members at the edge yeah um, so one of the first ones I did was with um, Sharon Casey who did the afternoon show on the edge and yeah. she's uh, recently been on Dancing with the Stars as, as a host and she's a great friend of mine as well. Um, we went to her, her house at like 6 a.m. Not me, one of our producers, cranked the lawnmower up and she came out and was absolutely furious. <laughs> like just rockable. Um we're, we're, we're all good. Did now she not know working. about the idea? She had no idea. No, so no, was... no, no, no. 
Well, that's the thing. Like, if I said to her, oh, hey, are we going to come around tomorrow morning at six o'clock and start the lawnmower up? Yeah. She's going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> and the idea is dead in the water. Yeah. Or um, if she says yeah. yes, it's kind of like, oh, hey, guys, like, I knew you were going to do yeah. that. So, yeah. We, we yeah, with things like that, you want to get the person's natural and unfiltered reaction. Yeah. And we definitely got that from her. Like, she, <laughs> she, she came out in her bathrobe and she was swearing and she was upset. And that... <laughs> So that that afternoon, uh, she started on the air at three pm for her show, and started talking about some something else. And I, I accessed the uh, text computer at home, and all the people were texting in us, "When's Sharon going to talk about the Mo job? When's Sharon going to talk about the Mo job?" <laughs> yeah, yep. I, it, I, I don't it. know if she ended up talking about it or she just ignored it, but but that's good. But um, yeah, unlike um, unlike Cyan Gary, you know, the day after that, she'd thought it out and she yeah. was fine about it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and maybe a bit embarrassed about her reaction. Yeah, well, I mean, it's understandable, and she did. And in her defence, she did have a toddler in the house, and yeah, and also <laughs> you knew that this was what how people were going to re- respond. That's why you did it, because yeah, you, yeah, it's it's to, it's to poke the bear, or yeah, uh, I don't know. How, however, they respond is, is good. Like if 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 she came out and turned her hose on, and and you know. Shoot our producer away with the lawnmower with a, with a hose. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? You just want the the, the person. You want to see what reaction. people are going to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, what would be the biggest highlights of your career or life? Um. Oh. Oh, that's a career or life. Probably. Um. Oh, I'm trying to think if there's different answers for them, but they might even be the same one. We did a thing a few years ago where I um, we did this fundraising event uh, called Five and Five, where oh yeah, five marathons, uh, yeah, yeah, I ran five marathons in five days um, to raise money for this young girl um, called Kawalani Forbes who who had cancer, and the the only place she had to go to Barcelona. That was the only place in the world where she could get treatment, and Mm. um, the family needed like a quarter of a million dollars, and we we did, you know. So I I, I ran like a, a marathon every day from Monday to Friday, which is forty two kilometers each day. Amazing. And um, the 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 edge listeners of the country just like um, oh that they they really came in and they they dug deep and we ended up raising like just the right amount, like quarter of a million dollars. So wow. to be to be to, to like to do something like that myself, it was it, it, it was it was quite nice. Like because you know to. To put myself in that in that I suppose danger zone where you're doing something where you're not sure you're physically capable of or not, mm-hmm. and then you know, and then actually doing it, um, but then to have the buy-in from you know mm, listeners so and other support. people around the country, mm. oh, it was just so humbling. So I'm I'm getting goosebumps now just thinking about it. And I'll, I'll um I haven't seen um Kawalani or her parents in maybe the last year or eighteen months, but yeah, we're still friends online, and I think we'll always have this sort of like bond or or connection. Mm. Like they um. Oh, yeah. I mean, they they sent me a letter afterwards, which I I've, I've still got in a frame to this day, and they nominated me for like a, a Kiwi Bank Local Hero Award, which um, I don't know, which it was it was embarrassing, but also humbling and yeah, great, greatly received. It's um, yeah, I, I look back on that. It's like it's definitely one of the yeah one of the, one of the proudest moments in my life. Like mm. just so, cool. so exhausting and so hard, but so good to be able to like um, yeah, use use radio. And you yeah. use use radio for something good to help mm. them. Yeah. Um. You know how I was saying before um, about maybe our society needs people like that that are so focused. I guess where I was sort of going with that is, um, so you were able to do that amazing thing for someone else that if you did have a family of your own, you probably wouldn't have been able 
to potentially oh. do that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I never really, never really thought about that. Although, yeah, I bet there's lots of things in your life that you potentially may not have been able to prioritize if you had a family, yeah. and some of those are your absolute highlights of your life. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You, you have to turn things down, don't you, and make sacrifices. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing is regrets. So I did hear you say back to the podcast, but you sort of can't not reference it because I learned so much about you listening to that. And you talked about regrets. And I sort of thought to myself, really, do you have regrets? Is there such a thing or are they just we've learned and we know better now? I think that's probably quite a healthy way of, of framing it. I think, yeah, I'd never really thought of it like that. Have you, have you, um, have you had some counselling or anything, or are you just, or have you read books? Like, where do you get that sort of insight? <laughs> I felt that I've, I've had maybe, um, maybe a dozen hours of therapy over the years, and I felt that's the sort of thing a, a therapist would say. <laughs> it's a real healthy way of looking at it. Yeah, I guess um, with everything I do with with my business um, is helping people to change their mindsets to be positive, but also through my own experiences as well, I've had to reframe some dialogue in my own mind to get through. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I suppose, um, I, I don't know. You, like, you, you look back and there's definitely things you'd, you'd do differently. Like um, I suppose in particular, like, you know, with, uh, yeah, with like with my marriage and stuff and the way mm. I handled certain things. and um, yeah, but I mean, with my interview with Jeremy Wells, he talked about how he wouldn't want to change anything because everything mm. happens for a reason. It leads yeah. you to where you are today. So you change one tiny thing and the butterfly effect exactly. that it can have on other things. Yeah, it's like sliding so, doors too. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of good movie references yeah, there. Exactly. Sliding doors is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, 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 there's definitely regrets, I guess, but I don't know. Things yeah, that I, I, so what is a regret? It's something that you wished hadn't happened, basically, isn't it? And we all yeah. have them, but I so I guess it's we have regrets, they're things we wish didn't happen, but yet we know we've learned from it and that we know that they've changed who we are today, but we still yeah. wish it hadn't happened. It still brings us anxiety or it brings us sadness or a, a feeling that we don't like. Yeah. I, I... I, th I think for me, the main thing is the last, the, the last, um, the last few years, I've, I've, I've become a lot better at um, expressing my feelings and being being more open and showing more vulnerability. And mm -hmm. I kind of wish I got to that point a lot a lot sooner. Mm -hmm. it's bottling things up is not is not healthy, you know. No, exactly. Um, but uh, again, you didn't know it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I went to an all an all an all boys school where yeah, if you showed any sort of like weakness or any sort of yeah. chip in your armor it would be like weaponized or used against you yeah. <laughs> or you'd yeah. be a pussy or whatever exactly. um, but it's but it's so i think the best thing i can do now is like talk and be as open as i can and mm. encourage people to do the same because it's um it's it's great it feels really good to offload yeah it really does now we are a fitness podcast so i better um chuck some more fitness questions at you um but quick question i see you're not in the health and fitness category for your um podcast anymore you're in sports because you can only be in three for um and three on apple maybe oh is that right i don't think you are unless you just your podcast hasn't been performing well lately because i look at the chart <laughs> <laughs> which of course it has been yeah 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 um oh my god i don't know i don't know i've got um 
one of my old producer, radio producers, Carl, is helping me out. L- listen, um, Kate, we've been talking for the last hour and a half, and I'm upside down <laughs> on a Zoom screen. Do you think I know what you're talking about? We do have categories of it. <laughs> Okay, oh, but for the trying, first time ever, my... not only are we going to have a man on our podcast, but I think upside down and two, I think I'm going to, can we keep some of this video footage or have we not? <laughs> Yay! I'm doing, thumb, I'm doing yeah, thumbs down. Yeah, I was like, is thumbs that up. thumbs up? Oh, yeah, it looks like thumbs up. That's so good. That's what we can put on. That's brilliant. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> you look like, like so it's... Feels like I'm hanging down. Yeah, it looks like someone's got a rope. It looks like you bunched your me, basically. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to get my dog off my neck. Three, two, one, bungee, one. The hand rush. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh my god, that's so good. That is so good, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) My poor poor dog is like, what the hell is going on? Oh, this up just side down things just made it. I love it. Okay, let's go. Fitness. Apart from running, what is your favorite way to exercise? Oh, um, this year, this year I've been um, going to a, a, a gym class called BFT, which stands for Body Fit Training, mm-hmm. which I think is sort of like um, the new competitor for F45. Yeah. And I'd, I'd never done um, like gym classes before in my life. I'd always just gone to a gym, had my, my headphones on, listen to a podcast, do a set of bench press, play on my phone for 10 minutes, do another yeah. set sort of thing. But I'm, um, I've been loving going to a fitness class. It's been amazing. Awesome. It's awesome. Been really good. So- go there. Go there. Yeah, I was going to say, like, have you done much strength strength training? Because it's so important for running. Oh, well, I um, yeah, I have over the years. It's been a consistent thing. But then when um, when the first lockdown started and the gyms were shut down, I I thought to myself, um, actually, I, I don't even really like going to the gym. What I like doing is running. So mm-hmm. this is a perfect excuse, excuse just to do what I love mm-hmm. and drop the things I hate. And then I found what was happening is uh, my body, after like two years of not going to the gym, my body started mm-hmm. to break down. Like yeah. I got a bad hit, my knee's mm-hmm. bad. Um, yeah, so yeah, I've been trying to get work. strength. Yeah, because it is, it is, it's so important enough to sort of realize that. Yeah. And then yoga yoga or stretching, do you do much of that? Um, I've done a bit of yoga over the years. Um, stretching definitely. Like in the in the evening, you'll always find me on the floor stretching up. I, just, awesome. I really enjoy it. Yeah. And you use a foam roller and... Foam roller, yeah, just stretch out, touch my feet, stretch yeah. my back, do some nice. bits and pieces. But yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I love this the strength training. It's it's a, having that muscle soreness is just a really good feeling. Yeah, uh, helps you sleep better at night. Yep, and the endorphins too. You know, you talk about the the runners high. You get that after a strength session as well. So good. yeah, I oh, absolutely. So what about some any tips for those that um, are wanting to get into running? Oh yeah, um, it, people that say to me I'm, I'm a non-runner, I, I, I always say to them like everyone's a runner. Like if you yeah. if you can walk, you can run, mm-hmm. and it's the most natural thing in the world. Like if you if you look at kids, um, like when when I was um the guardian of um Savin, who was we were talking about earlier, if we were playing in the lounge and he had a bit of Lego that was missing in his bedroom, he'd never walk down to get it. He'd always yeah. like, sprint down to the wall and get it. Mm. Kids run naturally because they're excited. So if you haven't done it for years. 
And maybe you, you make that creaking noise when you get out of a beanbag. Um, I would say just start by walking and then running a little bit. So yeah. like run for run for a minute, then walk for two minutes, mm-hmm. you know, and repeat that over and over again or run to one lamppost and then walk for a couple and then do it, do it consciously with mindfulness and then try and make the walk breaks shorter and the run breaks bigger. But um, there's, there's no shame in walking. So don't, don't feel like you have to go out and do 5Ks for your first run because that's what you used to do when you were 14 at school. Mm. Just yeah, start it slowly and just build it up. Yeah, I feel like the this is a really great. Thing, sorry, you go. Yeah, and 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 don't and don't rush it or force yourself or try and go too fast. Like the main thing is enjoy it and just mm-hmm. ease into it. I feel like this is a good opportunity too to mention my mum, who I'm super proud of. I have mentioned on podcasts as well. She's was never didn't do much exercise. She was active on active on the farm, and then she got into dedicate my program about five years ago, and now she runs, and she she's in in her sixties. Um, and she doesn't do it that often. She does it like once every couple of weeks. She just goes for a run. And the reason she does it is because she's proving to herself that she can do it. So her whole life, yeah. she thought she wasn't a runner. She wasn't capable of that. She didn't identify with being able to physically do that sort of thing. It wasn't her. So now she does it just to prove to herself. It's a mental thing that she can. She, she's sore afterwards. Her hips are sore. And I've said to her, you know, you need to look after your body. She's like, no, this is, that's why I'm not doing it very often. But it's it's for my mind. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, go, Kate's mum. Sorry, I, that I made it on the podcast before you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she can be our next one giving running tips. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh no, that's good. Like it's, I'm, I'm sure. Like when you, if you, if you start something, anything actually at that age, like in your sixties, it's it's harder. But it just goes to show that it's not impossible. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. There's that saying, you, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but you definitely can. But the old dog needs to want to learn the new tricks. That's so true. Um, so there'll be a few of our members who will be doing some <clears throat> long distance things, not ne- necessarily like really competitive like you are, but things like spring challenge. I've got a friend yeah. who's about yeah. to get into training. So what about tips for them with their training? So they've got a bit of exercise background, but What's, what's the spring challenge? Can you um, just fill me in? What's oh, the... yeah. Um, so it's it's a group thing, and it's once a year in different locations, and I think it takes about five hours. It's quite a common thing for um, women in their 30s or 40s to do, maybe even right. 40s. Okay, so we're up to 480 teams of three women take part in a thrilling adventure that includes rafting, kayaking, mountain biking, hiking, and navigation. Yes, and I think a lot of people do a lot of running training for this. Yeah, awesome. I'd say the same sort of thing, just like ease into it, make sure you Mm -hmm. enjoy it. Don't push yourself. Um, Listen to your body. Um, Yeah, the most important thing is you enjoy it. Like if you do anything and you start to hate it, you're not going to want to do it. But the the idea with running, I guess, is you want to start it and hopefully make it like a a long-term lifestyle sort of thing. So whatever it's going to take to do that. And I'd say the best way or or the most efficient way to do that is to just ease into it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do too much too soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go easy on yourself. Sorry, that just brings me to another thing. Um, what I learned, have learned about people is often when they have a big goal or they go too hard out. So, you know, for example, your marathon is, and I think a lot of people might do before like a spring challenge, just they work really hard towards it and then they achieve the goal and then they stop and they haven't thought yeah. about what's after that or they've almost... Um, how would you say it? They've almost freaked themselves out. They've almost negatively 
you know, they've trained so hard that it's now a negative experience yeah. and they don't want to do it again. Have uh, you experienced that? Oh, uh, no. Um, wow. Yeah. No, like, no, luckily I haven't. Like, um, I really enjoy the feeling of like finishing an event and then having, uh, treating yourself to like a week or two weeks off and yep. eating some bad food and not exercising. Um, but that hunger for me has always returned. And mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know what would happen if, um, if I got to the point where, yeah, well, I, I didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, that, 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 mentally, that's a hard block to get over, isn't it? Mm. Okay, tips for those wanting to beat PBs. Tips for those wanting to beat P PBs. Um, th unfortunately, the only way to run faster is to run faster. And yeah. uh, what I mean by that is like doing some training and some speed work. But looks it's, yeah. unfor it's unfortunate, it sucks. But uh, I suppose it comes back to if you've got a goal, um, you need to do the work at the back end to achieve it. And then it makes it more satisfying. Yeah. If it was just like, oh, I'm going to, my PB for 5Ks is 21 minutes. This weekend, I'm going to do 20 minutes, 40 seconds. And you could just think it, then it wouldn't be very satisfying, would it? So, no, you got to put yeah, in the so work. you just need to like do some faster spells in your in your training runs. And that's it. Yeah. yeah that's the only way to run faster is to run faster. Yeah. Makes total sense. Okay. What about tips for aspiring podcasters? One last question. Oh, just do it. Just do yeah. it. Take the leap. Take the leap and do it. I um I I was talking about it to um Megan Randall, my co-host at the Edge for like the last couple of years, and I just never got around to it. When I first brought it up with them in like 20, 2020, I guess, I thought then that I was going to be too late to the party. I thought the podcast had sort of been and gone, and anyone that was like starting a podcast at that point was just copying yeah, yeah Joe Rogan, Jay Shetty, Dax Shepard, and certainly yeah. here. <laughs> Um, but it, it's never too late. I still think it's a growing thing and it's a wonderful platform and it gives anyone a voice. Um, so whatever you're passionate about, set up a podcast and just do it. Mm. So yeah. handy for cleaning. Yeah, I, oh, I agree. Cleaning for, for driving, you probably don't have yeah. the same drive time in Twizel as what we have in Auckland. But. No, but if we want to go anywhere that's not Twizel, yeah. I live 10 minutes out of Twizel. If we want to go anywhere that's not Twizel, it's a, we do a lot of driving. Yeah, and, and running as well for long training runs. It's nice just to put on a spoken word podcast and yeah. pass the hours. It's great. Yeah, so would you rather listen to a podcast or music when you run? Um, generally, generally, yeah, usually spoken word podcast these days. It was it felt a bit weird in the beginning because it's like you get, get I had years and years of like running with a music beat. Mm -hmm. um, but I love it now. Yeah, 90% of the time I'd say I'm listening to podcasts. Cool. Yeah, I don't, I, when I run, but bearing in mind, I only run like between six and 10 Ks. I just say that. over in my head, no, never, no, nothing's only, I'm saying what I mean more is it's not a very long time. Yeah. Right. But, gotcha. Like sort of under an hour. Yeah. I don't have anything. I just, apart from my own head. Yeah. What well, I'm, um, yeah, I've got, I've got a lot of friends that do that as well. And I, mm. if I'm doing, um, like a specific speed run, like for example, last, um, last Friday I had to do a 10 K time trial. I, I didn't have anything for that. Uh, I find it's better just to not not have your phone on you, not have earplugs on, yeah. just like listen to, to, to the sound of your own body. And I definitely get better runs out yes. that way. But, yeah, sort um, of totally in tune. Exactly. Yeah. I just say over and over in my head, I can do this, 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 I can do this. When you're running the, you know, when you're really pushing. Yeah. Yeah. Mantras, um, mantras definitely help. Like um, uh, when, when I did the, um, the, there's all sorts of things. So there's this, this lady called Paula Radcliffe, who's maybe the maybe the best female um, runner of all time. She's the, this English lady. And um, she used to like count to 100 over and over again. Mm. So I, 
she just count to 100 when things got tough. So she'd be concentrating on the counting and do that mm-hmm. over and over again. Yeah. So that's good. Or coming up with a, coming up with a mantra. You know, mm-hmm. if you're doing like a long, a long distance trail run or an ultra marathon, like it's good just to tell yourself over and over again, just put one foot in front of the other, one foot yeah. in front of the other. Yeah. Every footstep you're taking is a footstep closer to the finish. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, just tell yourself and just get in that rhythm. Yeah. And what I love about all this stuff is, and I find the same when I'm giving advice to others, you're giving advice on running, um, your training, your business. It all just relates to life. Like it's the same advice you would give to anyone in any field that they were going into. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, there's a lot of like parallels, I think, between um yeah, running when things get tough in life. And it's just like, yeah, just keep pushing one mm. foot in front of the other, just keep moving forward, you know, just that forward momentum. Yeah. Just yeah. keep going, keep going. Like you have dark patches and runs just like you do in life, and things always get better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, thank you so much for your time. Um, it's the first time I've ever had anyone bungee jump and podcast at the same time. <laughs> I'm real, real sorry about that. But it's um it's an absolute honor to be the first guy on your show. It really <laughs> is. Oh, it's an, an honor yeah, to really have you here. That. Yeah, I had a few other a few other topics, but um, maybe that could be another day. Thank you so much. So much fun. Loved it. Yeah, I really appreciate it. It's been really nice. Yeah, we can do a part two. I can be the first and second male on your show. Yes, yes, you could be. <laughs> <laughs> now, you make sure you look me up when you come to Twizel, and um, I'm not even going to ask for permission to show your bungee jumping video on my Instagram because Absolutely we're not. always no, on. Whatever you've got, the content is yours now. Hey, Kate, it's really nice to um, connect on Zoom. And um, I really love love what you're doing. It's, um, yeah, yeah, your your hustle is admirable. Sorry, quickly, where to with the podcast? Cut the bullshit, the humbleness. Where do you want it to go? Well, this is the thing. I feel like I'm sort of punching my way in the dark. So it's sort of an unknown, but it's, um, I mean, the the download, it's only been up for three months now and the download numbers have been really good, but even uh, probably more important than that, all the feedback's been really encouraging. So yeah. I, I think I'll just keep, keep, keep just sort of following my, my, my intuition or my nose mm-hmm. and just see where it takes me. But I, but I, it, it feels really good to be having um, these, you know, good conversations with people and, you know, to be um, hopefully making a little bit of a difference. Yeah. Well, you are. And I'm really excited about the Zach Guilford one. I just find his story so fascinating. I mean, his father died watching him playing a game. Yeah. That messed him up. Yeah. He's, oh, I mean, he, he had some fascinating stories. Like um, his gambling addiction was so, I mean, he's on home detention at the moment because he, he stole money off his granddad to fund his gambling addiction. Mm. But his, his gambling addiction got so bad. He sold his um, Commonwealth Games gold medal for a couple of thousand dollars for gambling money. He placed bets of $25,000 at a time on horse races. He'd um, be training for the Crusaders and go under the grandstand for it to say he was using the toilet, but he was just checking his trackside mm. account. I, I don't mean, feel like, I mean, I'm sure we need to listen, but I always felt that he was never given the support that he needed. But. See, I, I asked him about that and he seems, um, I don't, he, he owns all of his shit and he goes, okay. I tend to agree with you. I think maybe more could have been done, but he's like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I got plenty of support. It's all on me. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a it's a brave way of brave way. Of, yeah, is it? A, I, I think it's a brave way of looking at it. But I, I don't know. People will form their own opinions. But I think I think he's um. I, I like to think I've got a good read on people, and I think he's got a good heart. Yeah, that's shit, what I've always thought. Yeah. Yeah, and thank you. I appreciate your time. You too. Thank you so much okay. for your time. Hey, okay. see you, Kate. See you, Dan. Yeah. Bye.
How do I turn this thing off? <laughs> <laughs> Where do we start? Someone, you, you need help. Flip the lid down. Flip the lid down. Okay. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me and listening to the Dedicate podcast. As per, if you enjoy our podcast, pretty please leave us a rating and review. It'll only take a few minutes of your time. Also subscribe so that you're notified when our new episodes launch. If you loved that episode, make sure you haven't missed Polly Harding, Losing My Dad, Moving to the Farm and more. Also a radio star. Lou Heller, Sharing My Separation for the First Time and of course, fashion a really popular podcast and tony street grief love illness and everything in between another broadcaster dedicate is the online trans tasman health and fitness community and app for rural and real women mums and those who love a down-to-earth approach to fitness everyone is welcome at dedicate we focus on fitness strength nutrition a positive mindset and how we feel It's not about fad diets and short-term weight loss, and we don't get hung up on comparing ourselves to others. Dedicate workouts are short and effective, so you can easily fit them into your schedule, at home, or anywhere at any time. Our down-to-earth trainers are on this journey with you, that includes me, and will encourage you to do your best and never give up. Get your seven-day free trial and try it for yourself at kateivyfitness.com.